Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. The most interesting story that I've read in the last 48 hours is the one that I just posted on my Facebook page. You can check it out. Facebook.com slash MoranoFan. I devoured every word of this, and uh, it's in The Atlantic, which I would never subscribe to because it's a total establishment uh, mouthpiece. For anything the establishment says, that's what The Atlantic prints. So uh, they do have interesting articles like the one I'm about to talk about. But I'm not about to fork over a couple of bucks for them. By the way, my friend Billy Grant subscribes to The Atlantic, and he said he was going to give me his password to get into The Atlantic. So, Billy, if you're listening, please uh, send that over when you can. But if you want to read this article and you, like me, do not subscribe to The Atlantic, just go to archive.ph. Copy and paste the article into there, and you'll be able to read it with no problem. Now, uh, this is something that we have been chronicling since this program began. And the headline in The Atlantic is, it's a wonderful article by Derek Thompson, Why Americans Suddenly Stopped Hanging Out. Too much aloneness is creating a crisis of social fitness. How much, how often have we spoken about this? Here's the problem. Americans today do not hang out with one another. They don't socialize with one another. Their idea of a friend is someone they connect with on social media. And that is such a departure from the earliest decades of the American Republic. And Derek Thompson begins this article the way that I would, by quoting Alexis de Tocqueville. And um, in the early days of America, we were celebrated for our citizens' extroversion. De Tocqueville wrote, Quote, of a thousand different types of associations, religious, moral, serious, feudal, very general and very limited, immensely large and very minute, Americans seemed adept at forming social groups, political associations, labor unions, local memberships. It was as if our continent itself had imbued its residents with a vibrant social metabolism, a verve for getting out and hanging out with one another. De Tocqueville wrote, quote, Nothing, in my view, deserves more attention than the intellectual and moral associations in America. De Tocqueville was right. And I think, and I'm so glad that Derek Thompson wrote this piece, because I think nothing is more worthy of study, consideration, and I would argue correction than the fact that Americans have stopped hanging out with one another. Now, I I think people started being aware of this problem maybe about 20 years ago when uh, Robert Putnam wrote that brilliant book, Bowling Alone. But now we look at what the world was like 20 years ago. Excuse me, what this continent was like 20 years ago. And we think, oh boy, those were the good old days. Something has changed in the past few decades. After the 70s, American dynism declined. Americans moved less from place to place. They stopped showing up at their churches and their temples. I've used the example before. When we go to church, we're... You know, they're so happy that my son is running around crying and screaming and throwing things and being disruptive because there's not a lot of people in church. And they're concerned that when they all die, that church dies. 
my uh, father and stepmother took my son to, I, I don't remember what it was. I think it might have been a rotary. No, it wasn't a rotary. It might have been a Kiwanis thing. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Well, it was some fraternal organization like that. They took him to a, a Christmas tree lighting there. And other than Carmine, my father, who's a senior citizen, and his wife were the youngest people there. The youngest people there. When all those folks die, that group, and maybe it's the Elks Lodge, I don't know, maybe it's the Elks, that group dies. And think of how sad that is for the country. Some people will say, this is just how we communicate now. Instead of joining bowling leagues, um, instead of meeting in person, we do it digitally. We use the digital town square. I think there, there's some truth to that. But I think that is so incredibly dangerous, and it really misses the point of why it's so important to get together with people in person. Um, so in the 90s, I mentioned Robert Putnam. He recognized that America's social metabolism was slowing down. He wrote that great book, Bowling Alone, and he gathered reams of all sorts of statistical evidence to prove that America's penchant for starting and joining associations was in freefall. Book clubs and bowling leagues were going bust. But since the time he wrote that book to now, American men reduced their average hours of face-to-face -face socializing by about... 30%. So it was already a problem in 2003 when Putnam wrote that book, and we've gotten much worse. For unmarried Americans, the decline is even bigger, more than 35%. For teenagers, and I think we know why in the case of teenagers, it's because they're all using their smartphones and their devices and they're glued to these digital devices. For teenagers, it was more than 45%. Boys and girls age 15 to 19 reduced their weekly social hangouts by more than three hours a week. In short, there is no statistical record. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. There is no statistical record of any other period in U.S. history when people have spent more time on their own. Obviously, there are a lot of factors that go into this, right? Uh, when we're exploring the question why, which is what I usually ask you, I think the easiest one to pinpoint is technology, right? You don't have to meet with people at your local Republican club to have a discussion about politics. You don't have to go down to your local bar to have a discussion about what's going on with the football game. You don't have to um, go to a meeting of the National Psoriasis Foundation to find out what different medications other psoriasis sufferers are using. All of this can be done online. So technology is, is part of it. I think also part of the problem is what we went through with the pandemic. We got in the habit of work from home, do everything from home, think of people as not something that you should seek out to embrace, but we were actually encouraged, in some cases threatened, don't interact with people. No, even Thanksgiving limited to only 10 people. Now you might ask, so what? Being alone does not necessarily mean you're lonely, right? Uh, sometimes it's nice to be alone for a couple of hours, right? But uh, the truth is not only, you know, uh, people might point out that the texture of aloneness is, has changed over the years. Solitude is less solitary than ever. With all the calling, the texting, the emailing, the work chatting, the direct messaging and the posting, we're producing unprecedented amounts of interpersonal communications. And if Americans were happy about themselves and about their friends and about their country, then that would be fine. But for Americans right now, today, in the 2020s, they're not happy. Solitude, anxiety, and dissatisfaction are all rising hand in hand. Surveys show that Americans, and especially young Americans, have never been more anxious about their own lives or more depressed about the future of their country. You think there's any connection with the fact that they're not spending time with any other human beings? I sure do. I sure do. Teenage depression and hopelessness 
are setting new annual records every year. The share of young people who say they have a close friend has plummeted. Think of that. More and more young people saying they don't even have a close friend. Americans have been so depressed about the state of the country for so many consecutive years that by last year, NBC pollsters said we have never before seen this level of sustained pessimism in the 30-year-plus history of the poll. So I don't think socializing more or hanging out, as Derek Thompson calls it, I don't think hanging out more is going to solve every problem. But as Thompson writes, I do think every social crisis in this country could be helped at least a little bit if people spent a little more time with other people and a little less time gazing into their phones or their computers. The, and this content that's on their computers that's designed to make them anxious and despondent about the world. Now, I, we have this Facebook group that's supposed to be for discussions about the show. Right. And I'm always amazed at a couple of things. And if you want to join the Facebook group, you're welcome to just go on Facebook, type Morano Radio Fans and Haters, M-O-R-A-N-O Radio Fans and Haters. One, I'm amazed at the number of people that still try to go up there and post content that has nothing to do with the show. Why are you posting that in this Facebook group? Post that on your own page. The other thing that I'm amazed by is how mean it gets so quickly. People, they don't like me, they don't like the guests, they don't like the callers, and these are people that listen to the show. Now, this is, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this, this is, you know, probably the most positive show on radio. You listen to any other show, um, it's... You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And, you know, they have different reasons as to why. Maybe there's some sports shows that are pretty positive. But uh, other than sports, I think this is the most positive show on the radio. And I am, and again, I don't think I'm tooting my own horn here. I think I am the nicest person on the radio. And yet, these people who clearly are listening to every single minute of the show, they're still so mean. To one another, to me, to everybody else. And all I could think is, can you imagine if this is what a nice radio show produces? Can you imagine what every other radio show's Facebook group would be like? Forget about it. It'd be a constant drone of negativity. So the content on Facebook would be so, it's not just Facebook, but Twitter, TikTok, you name it. It's designed to keep people on edge and anxious and divided. You know, my friend Tommy likes to use the term keyboard warriors because we're on, we serve on a board together and a lot of the meetings have been virtual. And I, you know, I served on this board when it was in-person meetings and now the meetings are all virtual. The last meeting we had, I was absolutely floored at how heated some of these discussions got. And Tommy said to me when I saw him in person after the meeting, I I said, what was up with that? He said, do you think those guys ever would talk like that to one another if they were in the same room? Of course not. You have these keyboard warriors that get all amped up and they say the types of things over a computer screen that they would never, ever say in person. And I think that is pervasive throughout American society. So I'm glad Derek Thompson wrote this piece I think it's right on the money, and uh, I hope you read it. I, I link to it at facebook.com slash moranofan. And again, if you don't have a subscription to The Atlantic, you can uh, just go to archive.ph. But to get a crystal clear picture of how hanging out has dissipated in America, Thompson spent last week splunking inside the American Time Use Survey, an annual government poll of how people in the U.S. spend their days. And economists at this, you know, time use survey carefully track time spent socializing, meaning face-to-face interaction for more than a dozen different different demographics. And broadly, real-world socializing has declined for both men and women, for all ages, for all ethnicities, and for all levels of income and education. And COVID did increase time alone. These trends 
predated the pandemic. And the steepest declines have been among young people, poor people, black Americans, and uh, and really that's it. Those are the groups most affected. Women and 20-somethings enjoy the most social time in a given week. And low-income, middle-aged, unmarried men seem to get together the least. For most groups, the decline was staggered before accelerating after 2015. And beyond in-person hanging, several other forms of socialization have declined by about a third in the past 20 years, including the share of Americans who volunteer and the share of Americans who tend religious services over the weekend. One of the more curious trends that Thompson analyzes here to jump out of the data is that many Americans have traded people for pets in our social time. The average time that Americans spend with their pets has roughly doubled in the past 20 years, both because people have adopted pets and because they spend more time with them. In 2003, the typical female pet owner spent much more time socializing with humans than playing with her cat or dog. By 2022, this flipped. And the average woman with a pet now spends more time actively engaged with her pet than she spends hanging out face-to-face with fellow humans on any given day. On the one hand, I found it a little surprising. But on the other hand, because I hear from pet owners that don't see people all day long, I found it not at all surprising. So this, what Thompson calls the hangout depression, is particularly bad for teenagers. So, um, you know, he he analyzes the work of Gene Twenge, who I've quoted from a great deal uh, on this show. Young people not hanging out at all. Older folks, too, have seen a big decline. And uh, some of it is due to having less free time. That's part of the problem here. I will tell you, this is one trend I am absolutely not a part of. I am hanging out like crazy. I'm hanging out when I don't have time to hang out. I'm doing, uh, you know, I, I have at least three or four social events this weekend alone. And, you know, I go out of my way, and not that I deserve to be beatified for this, I go out of my way to organize in-person social events so that people can meet each other and do these sorts of things. And I'm very proud of that. I, I've often said, and I think I, ju- I just did an interview with um, Jim McCann, who's kind enough to come on this show uh, from uh, time to time, from 1-800-Flowers. And I said, that is the thing that I really value most, other than my family, is my incredible network of friends that I've built and uh, that I really work hard to maintain. You can catch that interview. I tweeted it, at Frank Morano, if you want to listen to it. I thought it was a really interesting discussion. I am curious about your comments on this trend. Americans suddenly stopped hanging out. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with it? If not, are you part of the problem? I mean, problem. I mean, it's a trend, right? We're all analyzing trends here. Or are you part of this trend? Or are you like me? You're going against the grain. You're still socializing. You're still hanging out in person, not online, screaming negative political things to your Facebook adversaries. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Let me know what you think. 800-848-9222. David in Maryland has been holding. Hey, David. Hey, Mr. Frank. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for calling. Okay. Question. Uh, kind of a two-parter. So will the opposition, the folks that are chasing Trump, are they going to be successful in their prosecution? What Could he possibly be incarcerated? And what does Secret Service detail look like in prison, and do the Navy SEALs come and rescue him so he can take the oath if he were to be so lucky to be uh, well, voted in? So I think, uh, you know, obviously it's been a very good 24 hours for, for Trump because uh, his what he's doing with all these court cases is he's looking for either 
victories or delays. And he's getting both. It looks like the Supreme Court's going to put him back on the ballot. This Georgia prosecution is either going to fall apart or it's going to be delayed. I, um, th- th- As far as your question, I don't see him being incarcerated, certainly not before he takes the oath of office. If he's um, if he's elected, obviously, the I think the two federal cases go away. This Alvin Bragg case that is starting next month, I think, is a total nothing burger. I think there's no chance at all that he goes uh, to prison on this Alvin Bragg charge. No one in the history of New York has ever been charged let alone convicted on this. So I, if a jury convicts him in that case, I do not see it being upheld on appeal. And even if it is upheld on appeal, I, I think the uh, this I can't imagine him getting prison time for that. It's such a, an insignificant case. So really the case that becomes the most troublesome for him is the Georgia case. So uh, And Fonnie Willis has become her own worst enemy in this. So we'll see what the judge in that case decides. Uh, my guess is... He's going to send this to another county to prosecute. But there's no precedent for a president serving time in prison. So I would guess that if he is sentenced in any of these cases, the um, the time that he's sentenced for would be deferred until after he's out of office, if he's elected again. 800-848-9222. We'll continue straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. After the hour, this is Here Comes the Sun, of course, the Beatles. Uh, This is uh, a birthday bumper music request from my friend Danielle, who says this is her song with her daughter, Madison. That's the song they uh, share together. I think it's because they're both blonde these days. I think Danielle's blonde now. You know, Danielle's another example of what I'm talking about. She's another in-person socializer. And she is, uh, if anything, I always feel guilty because I feel like two or three times a week, she and her husband, Rich, will ask us, do you want to hang out? Do you want to hang out? And, you know, it's it's tough because I'm never available. I mean, not because I either already have plans or because I'm doing this show. And, you know, my sister, Claudia, who is a young person, she told me that her New Year's resolution was to just say yes to everything, which I think is a great philosophy. It's also William Shatner's philosophy to some extent. And I said, well, Claudia, I asked you to come over yesterday. You said You said you couldn't do it. 
She said, well, that's because that date had already been taken by another yes. So she's out there socializing too. So some young people are doing it, are socializing, but according to the statistics, it is rarer and rarer. I'll get to your calls on this in just a minute, 800-848-9222. We, on Fat Tuesday, the uh, Carmine had no preschool because of the snow in our area, so my father and stepmother were kind enough to watch him. So he goes to their house, and they're very proficient at baking and cooking and all sorts of things. So Carmine helped my stepmother bake a king cake. Are you familiar with the tradition of the king cake? The king cake, I I guess it's from, it, it was popularized in the New Orleans area. But the king cake is what you're, it's delicious. It's what you're supposed to eat on Fat Tuesday. And it's a delicious cake. And there's one piece of the cake that has a tiny little baby in it. And the tradition is whoever gets the baby is blessed with prosperity and good health, but they are also responsible for providing the king cake next year. They don't have to bake it. They can bake it or they can purchase it. That's the tradition. So we have some of this cake on Tuesday night, and I have a slice. My wife has a slice. Carmine has a slice. Nobody gets the baby. Oh, that's frustrating. Rachel says, all right, you should bring some of this to work and see if one of your coworkers gets the baby. So I SMS text message my neighbors first because they're right there. They could just walk over. And my neighbor, Deborah, whose son also lives across the street, she comes and gets a, a slice for herself and I and she said, "Let me take a slice for John Charles in case he also, in case he comes over, he'll have one too." So we give them two slices. No baby. Last night, a woman came over to interview Ed about potentially adopting him, and she's a friend of a friend, and the friend that she's a friend, a mutual friend of lives in the neighborhood. So she came over to see Ed and see her friend and try and fast track the process of cat adoption. So I said to Booty, how that's her name, Booty. Uh, it's a nickname. How about we, how about you have a slice of this king cake? Because it's almost all gone at this point. Somebody's got to get it. So she has a slice, no baby. So Rachel and I have dinner after Booty leaves and we, um, we said, all right, it's two slices left of the cake. Let's have it. So we, and, and then I say, slices, small slices. Rachel has one, no baby. And finally, on my very last bite, I got the baby in the king cake. So now I have a year to enjoy prosperity and good fortune, which I'm looking forward to. But I also have to prepare for this uh, acquisition of a king cake next year. I I asked my wife, I said, why don't we tell everybody we're throwing a big party for Fat Tuesday next year, and we'll present the king cake then. She said, oh, on a Tuesday? She wasn't having it. She wasn't having it. She says, why don't you have it at that, that private club that you joined? So I have a year to not only prepare to learn how to bake a king cake, well, to learn how to bake, let's be honest, and then to learn how to bake a king cake. But I have a year to persuade my wife to have a Fat Tuesday party next year, which, who knows, Frankie in Brooklyn might be invited to. So that's where we are. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Mordecai in New Jersey has been holding a while. Hi, Mordecai. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. I, I wanted to, well, I have a two-part question, but the first one is to your point about um, hanging out with friends. It's, uh, when I was in high school, almost, uh, you know, 10 years ago, we spent pretty much every day after school hanging out. Same thing with parties, you know, after school, same deal when we got, you know, when we got back from college, uh, we would hang out at, uh, you know, so-and-so's houses, like, you know, the, 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 the set person of who we hang out with. But what I think is that we, you know, we, uh, we all got jobs and we all get busy. We, you know, we're, we're doing, 
you know, we're doing the adult thing. So it's like everyone gets so busy, but we still we still make time to hang out every now and then. It's well, not for a few I, I agree with you, Mordecai. I think there's always been a decline in the same person's level of socializing when they're 15 versus when they're 30. I mean, you know, it happened to me. It certainly happens to everybody. What's different now is that a 40-year-old today hangs out with his peers so much less than a 40-year-old 20 years ago, and a 15-year-old today hangs out so much less with his peers than he did 20 or 30 years ago. That's kind of the difference. Right. I can, and I can see that because of, you know, everyone's, all the kids today are stuck at home watching people play video games instead of playing video games themselves. They're just watching people on TV or YouTube or whatever. But my second question for, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you when you were talking about taxes, um, I, I, I think I might have tuned in late, but you said that uh, you, you wanted a bunch of stuff to go. I wanted to ask your opinion because I sell real estate. I wanted to ask your opinion on the, uh, on the capital gains tax and what, people do and what i help people do is a 1031 exchange when they want to roll over their capital gains tax they reinvest it into a another property so what's like is that something that you also think that should go or like you know um you know know, i think so you know i'd want to give that i'd want to give that some more thought um honestly my my biggest problem is that the the tax code is if you put it on paper it goes from here to the moon if you asked a hundred accountants to compare a relatively easy return, they would come up with uh, 50 or 60 different answers as to what you owe or what rebate you can expect. The tax code is just way too complicated. Uh, So uh, my goal is just uh, simplification. Simplification, transparency, and the lowest rates possible. As far as where the capital gains tax fits into that, I'd have to give that some thought. But you don't, you don't, you're, you're totally off the plate when it comes to taxing unrealized gains, right? Like, oh, of course, absolutely. I, I, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And I would actually, um, I would, you know, prefer that uh, capital gains be taxed based on inflation, right? Uh, You know, for instance, if someone bought a house for $400,000, you know, 25 years ago, and then they're selling it for $1.1 million today, they didn't really gain $700,000 of wealth. So I I would prefer it to be indexed to inflation, which I don't believe it is currently. It's it's not, and that's yeah. uh, that's something I haven't thought of, and that makes sense. That you know, in in, uh, in real estate, what we do is we do, uh, well, not everybody. You have to think, but uh, what I offer sometimes, if a deal is not going something or someone doesn't want to sign, I could say, well, how about we, you know, add in something to the contract where we account for cost of living increase, you know, a percentage for the cost of living increase, right, according to the St. Louis, uh, you know, Fed or whatever, you know, the statistics are, you know, usually that. Gets, uh, that gets some gears turning of how we could get a deal done. Well, I mean, it strikes me as a very effective strategy, and I'm not surprised that it resonates with people because everybody's feeling the brunt of that uh, cost of living these days. Hey, Mordecai, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Good luck thanks, with sir. everything you're doing. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 800-848-9222. Keith is in Delray Beach, Florida. <laughs> Hello, Keith. Hey, good morning, Frank. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to listen to you at night. You actually help me go to sleep at night. Wonderful. Uh, Whatever I can do to put people to sleep, I'm happy uh, to do so. <laughs> but when you brought up about socialization, I have to say throughout my life, and I'm, I called the other night, I'm 72, always had different types of groups of friends, whether I was at sleepaway camp, basketball friends. Uh, right now it's uh, pickleball. Uh, even my kids and my family, they always seem to be busy. They're out socializing. You know, and, and I'm sure, Frank, when you go to a restaurant, you're living in New York. I go into a restaurant with my wife on a Saturday, and we do go out a lot. And, and, and where I live in, in the gated community, people are very friendly. We either have occasions for a Super Bowl party, holiday party. So we're always socializing. And, you know, somewhat I organize. I, I ran all my high school reunions. But the one thing I have to say, you go to a restaurant. You see a family sitting at a table, oh. and they're sitting and text, texting to each other. I'm saying, you got to be kidding me. But, yes, I'm in the same mode that you are, that, yes, I do like to socialize. I do like to organize. Uh, but I think you and I right now are out of the mode because I find a lot of people across the board, Frank, are angry, um, which is unfortunate. Oh, but, uh, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. And, and Derek Thompson raises this point in this Atlantic piece as well. I think there's a correlation between folks not seeing one another in person 
and um, people being angry. Because you're right on both uh, counts. I mean, there's this incredible anger out there, no doubt about it. But I just want to say, hey, I'm on the same mode you are, Frank. I, how, Frank, how old are you, by the way? Oh, I, 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 uh, I, I, not that my lips are sealed. I'm old enough to know better. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I am on your mode, even at this stage of my life. I do get out there, and uh, pickleball has become a big part of my life uh, as far as being a former athlete. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. It's always a pleasure listening to you at night, and just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate that. 800-848-9222. I like pickleball, too. I've only played a couple of times, um, but I I enjoy it. I enjoyed it, and I'm hoping to play a bit more. You know, again, finding the time, especially, you know, having nocturnal hours is is a struggle, but uh, I'm working on it. 800-848-9222. Tom is in Baltimore. Hi, Tom. Yeah, there was a TV episode on this issue of isolation and lack of social intimacy. There was a TV show that demonstrates that you and your fellow Italians may have to lead the way back to social integration. Very briefly, Star Trek Next Generation uh, one planet had gone to cloning. The larger culture had gone to cloning so long that when they had to go back to sexual repro- reproduction, they couldn't do it. They had a sense of revulsion about touching each other in an intimate way. Fortunately, there was one separatist subculture that had not gone to the cloning, and they were able to teach the larger subculture how to do things naturally. Yeah, I, uh... and they, that saved their bacon. I actually saw that episode uh, recently, and uh, it's very good. It's very clever. I, you know, that season two is is not the prime of that show, but it is a. Uh, I think that's a a pretty clever episode. I think it's um I think it's called Up the Long Ladder. That's the episode, and uh, I think that's that's a fun episode as far as season two goes. It's got some humor to it, but it also raises some serious societal points. And yeah, I'm gonna do whatever I can to lead civilization back. It's a very funny end to that episode as well. 800-848-9222. Tom is in Brooklyn. Hello, Tom. Hey, how you doing, Frank? I loved your show, uh, especially that monologue you did about people not getting together anymore and, you know, getting together through the social networks and all that. And what struck me was... I'm like at the extreme, you're like Mr. Social, you know, the way you talk about you get people together, but, you know, you're a celebrity, so that might not have anything to do with it, but I've become very antisocial, not antisocial in a negative sense or angry sense, but I used to have a lot of friends, and as I got older, I got less uh, involved with people to a point of a lot of times I don't see anybody or speak to anybody and a couple of people that know, and I have a great personality. I always did very funny. And whenever people meet me, they like me, but I don't wind up continuing uh, a relationship. And a couple of people who know my situation say, join things. And I don't know how to do that. Like they'll say, Join a church group. Well, what, what are you interested group. in, Tom? What are you interested in? Uh, a lot of things. Uh, sports, uh, theater, uh, movies, um, you know, going to clubs, dance clubs and stuff like that. But a lot of things, like dance clubs, you don't really meet people. Well, that. that's true, right. Um, oh, that's tough. Yeah, so I just don't know how to how to join things. You well, know, even I, how to... I feel like, uh, given the interests you just outlined, which are pretty broad, there's any number... First of all, I think whatever you joined, um, there's so much opportunity to have conversations about all those things that you, that you just mentioned. I mean, how about... Um, uh, how about what about, like, a, a local, you know, Rotary Club or a, or a Kiwanis Club? Yeah, that's something. I didn't think of that. I really don't 
you know, think of exactly what, what type of, I don't even know what a Rotary Club does. Well, basically, they just meet. They meet and have lunch. Occasionally, they'll have speakers, and pe- they talk. That That's basically it. They Sometimes they'll squeeze in some charitable work or or, um, or whatever. I would definitely encourage you, Tom, whatever your interests are, you know, um, you know whether it's whether it's church, whether it's a political club, whether it's uh, whether it's something sports related. I, I say you know give it a try, give it a try, try it three times, and if you don't like it, you know then stop going, do something else. I mean, I think there's so much opportunity out there. What's the second thing you said after Rotary Club? Uh, Kiwanis, K I W A N I S. Right, right. Okay, thanks a lot. I'd All like right, Tom, e- email me if you need, um, you know, more specific suggestions. I'm happy to uh, make other suggestions. You have my email, right? Uh, no. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold, and um, and uh, Elias will give you my email. If anybody does want to reach reach me, you can. Uh, Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. That's Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. But the thing that I would add is... The, uh, you know, uh, Tom praised my monologue on uh, people not hanging out anymore. Almost all of the data that I cited is in this Derek Thompson piece in The Atlantic. So I don't want you thinking that I'm trying to take credit for Derek Thompson's statistical research or analysis at all. It's almost all in that piece. I, you know, obviously added my own commentary, but really it was just a lot of reading the statistics from that piece. So. I don't want to take credit that I don't deserve. Bill is in Minneapolis. Hey there, Bill. Hey there. You know, one of the ways that I find is much less stressful when it comes to people, instead of going to a restaurant where you're sitting across from somebody, you got to watch each other crunch their food together, you go to a buffet or, even better, when the weather's okay, you go on a picnic because you're moving around on a picnic. You're gathering firewood, and it's just, ah, it's just a world of difference. It just makes it much more easy. Then you can't, and you talk about, oh, hey, as soon as we get done eating, we'll get in that canoe, and or we'll go on a hike and we'll look for blueberries or something. You know what I mean? And so I'm wondering, I don't hear you talking about the outdoors much. Are you much of an outdoors person, for instance? I, I like the outdoors. I mean, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I like the outdoors. I like a good hike as much as the next guy. I, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I'm not, I'm not uh, into hunting, and I'm trying to think what else, um, what other... Yeah, I like I like outdoor sports. I, you know, I play uh, softball and baseball and things like that. You know, from time to time, I like a good walk now and again. What about field guides to like wildflowers or birds? Do you have any of those? When you try, I find that is so satisfying because then the next time you go out, you think, I'm going to see if I can see that same plant again, that same wildflower. You know, I've not gotten into that, Bill. I have to be honest, but that's I think that's a great suggestion. I'd really suggest that. Yeah, and then if you got a chance, could you get somebody on? I heard that the monarch butterflies were down sixty percent at their overwintering grounds in Mexico. Could you get some? I think this is just would be such a tragic loss. You know, I've heard that same thing actually. I think uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s podcast explored that recently really? and uh, I, I will I, that's actually a great suggestion I will look into that bill thank you appreciate it thank, thank you, you. 800-848-9222 we'll continue with your calls and more straight ahead the other side of midnight Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. Where it began, I can't begin to know it. But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hand Touching hand Reaching out, touching me, touching you. Sweet Caroline, 
The great Neil Diamond uh, swinging, singing Sweet Caroline. So, my wife and I finally finished the film Maestro. We watched it, and this is not how films are meant to be watched. We watched it in four separate parts. Maybe even five. Because it's just so difficult to uh, get a chunk of time to do anything. We don't have any plans on Saturday night. um, So we're hoping to watch, and it's been a while since we did this, a full film from start to finish, which would be great. Because we're trying to see as many of these Oscar-nominated films as possible. I have to tell you, so as far as Maestro goes, if you're not, uh, by now you probably have heard about it. It stars, it's directed by Bradley Cooper stars Bradley Cooper as uh, Leonard Bernstein. It is produced by two of the greatest filmmakers, two of the greatest American filmmakers of all time, Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. Um, It is really well done in some respects. I think Debbie Schlussel used the term very stylistic. I knew exactly what she meant. It's shot beautifully. The music is terrific, as you might expect from a film about a great musician. The music is great. It's shot beautifully. The acting is very good. Bradley Cooper in, you know, in the role of uh, Leonard Bernstein is, is terrific. And Carrie Mulligan, as his wife, absolutely steals the show. She's the best, best part about the movie, as far as I'm concerned. The makeup is very effective. They really do do a good job transforming Bradley Cooper into Bernstein. Bernstein, Bernstein, whatever. And they age him appropriately. It's very realistic looking. I could see why they're nominated for so many Oscars for makeup and hairstyling and and things of that nature. I have to tell you, though, and maybe I, I shouldn't admit to this because it has gotten so many accolades. People are raving about it. I thought the story was pretty boring. First of all, it's two hours and 10 minutes. And I felt like there was really not much of a story. The story was basically the main character and his wife dealing with his sexuality and his wandering eye. Uh, I mean, it's fine, but it's basically two hours of that. So I felt like they cut out a lot of the good parts of Bernstein's life. I I thought they kind of totally glossed over his rise to the top of the music world, and they skipped ahead all the way to the future and just went back, right back to chronicling marital difficulty. So I have to say, the acting is great, the makeup is great, the music is great. I thought the story, at least the story they chose to show for this, I thought it was very weak, and I like Bradley Cooper. I thought he did a great job in uh, A Star is Born, both directing and uh, acting. I found it pretty boring. I, you know, I dozed off the first time I watched it, and I figured it was because I was tired. And I asked Debbie Schlussel when she reviewed the film, did I doze off because I was tired or because it was boring? She said because it was boring. And after going back and re-watching the portion that I fell asleep during and then watching the rest... I think she might be right. I think it was a little boring. I asked my wife what she thought, and she said it's so difficult to judge because we watched it in segments. We watched it in four different parts that um, she really didn't didn't know. She uh, agreed that Carrie Mulligan was wonderful in the title role. So if you want to see a movie with some great music and some interesting acting performances, then maybe it's worth seeing If you're curious what all the fuss is about, because it is nominated for so many awards, it's on Netflix. You can see it for free on Netflix. It's streaming. But as far as entertainment value, I mean, that's really what I'm looking for in a film, is to be entertained, to be riveted, to be interested. I was not. I was not. That was my experience. All right. 800-848-9222. Joanne is in Flushing. Hi there, Joanne. Hello. What's on your mind? Oh, I wanted to talk about the socializing. I've been saying this for like 30 years now, the lack of how people have gotten away from interacting. 
Well, I agree. I think it's a big problem, Joanne. So what do you think people can do about it? If uh, You know, that gentleman, Tom, struck me as very earnest. Well, one, one thing that can happen is it has to start in the home. People are not sitting at a dinner table anymore talking about their day, what went on. I mean, everybody's in the home in different rooms, eating dinner in their bedrooms. Nobody's socializing. You know, I think that's a big problem, if that's the case, and I do hear about that a lot, uh, then uh, I think that's that's right. And, you know, I, uh, the one gentleman, I think it was Keith in Florida, mentioned how when he watches people at restaurants, they're all on their phones. That drives me crazy. But oh, I, have exactly. seen, I have seen instances where sometimes people will have dinner at home and they'll be on their phones at dinner. And, you know, sometimes some people in my own family will do that. And I'll say, you know, excuse me. I mean, uh, we're having dinner here. And then they'll almost get angry with me. Okay, you made me stop going on my phone. What do you want to talk about? I, I said, I don't know. I just want to talk. So I really, I agree with you. I think it, I think there is an aspect of the home that's important. People don't understand it's rude. Right, or they it's don't care. rude behavior going on. Yeah, I agree with you, Joanne. Joanne, thanks for calling, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Lisa is in Connecticut. Lisa is a social butterfly, if ever there was one. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Stephen King, did you hear about what's going on all over Twitter and X today about Stephen King? No, fill me in on it. Okay, so Stephen King basically went on to X today and is blasting out Elon Musk, says... Dear Elon, Twitter, 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 and so on. F your need to put your personal brand on everything. And then goes, just because you bought it doesn't mean you own it. Now, Elon Musk is responding, and there's this whole... Oh, yeah, I'm I'm reading about this now. This is interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it's so funny that you're bringing up Maestro. He's the... You know, one of the guys behind that movie. Well, no, that was Stephen. Stephen that was, that was Steven that, Spielberg. And I'm like, oh, Steven Spielberg. But, no, but it is interesting. So yeah. Sorry. So basically, Stephen Lisa, King. Lisa, thank you. People, uh, Musk is accusing Stephen King of dead naming X after Stephen King does what I do, and honestly, what everybody does. He keeps calling it Twitter. I'm with Stephen King on this one. I like Elon Musk, but uh, Stephen King may have called, may have killed John Lennon. But on this one, he's absolutely right. Help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.